0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the Word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. If you're writing a title, you could write Biblical Principles of Dream Interpretation or a Biblical Approach to Dream Interpretation. There are many people who say that they interpret dreams and some have actually made it their calling and their personal ministry to interpret people's dreams. Unfortunately, if you have studied ancient wisdoms, especially from the perspective of, you know, the fallen world, forbidden wisdoms, fallen nature, today, in the form of interpretation of dreams, witchcraft has come into the church Some have interpreted it uh, from Egyptian mythologies, some have interpreted it from Sumerian interpretations, Mesopotamian, you know, Anatolia, and many other forms and ways of interpretation. And I might not have time to explain that because I have a lot to share in this broadcast. But by and large, there is a worry in the body of Christ that some people are interpreting dreams not according to biblical pattern. And because of that, people are being destroyed every day and some destinies have been changed. There are people whose marriages right now are broken because somebody interpreted a dream wrongly, either the individual or what they took to the man of God. There are people who are engaged to the wrong people because somebody took a wrong interpretation of dreams. There are people who have lost businesses and their investments have sunk because somebody interpreted dreams wrongly. There are people right now who are sick in hospital because somebody interpreted their dreams wrongly or they themselves interpreted their dreams wrongly themselves. There are people who are out of the perfect will of God concerning their lives because somebody interpreted a dream for them or they interpreted those dreams wrongly and not according to biblical pattern. I know people who are in the wrong ministry because they got a dream that they did not know how to interpret. I know people who have left the right ministries and gone to wrong ministries because of dreams. And so interpretation is a very powerful thing. Uh, From the beginning, if you have heard my previous someone again on dreams there are reasons why we dream the question is why is man given the faculty of dreaming okay and i want you to note this what is given to the physical man your flesh in the service of the lord has to do with the senses right five senses what you smell what you taste, what you see what you hear and God has created enough in that world sufficient to educate, lead and instruct a believer to act according to truth. But that is only with the things without. But when it comes to that realm of the flesh, the communication again is through your senses. It's what you read, are able to see and you're able to hear, you're able to touch and feel all of these things communicate to you in the world of carnality in the world of the flesh. When it comes to the soul, that is where the dream world lives. That's where the dream world functions. When it comes to the ministry of vision, that is where the spirit is defined in receiving information. So we receive information in our spirits through visions. We receive information to our souls through dreams and we receive information uh, in our flesh through the senses, our hearing, our touching, our smelling, our vision, physical vision. So why did God allow the faculty, that place, soul of man, to be able to tap into that world that is not seen through the soul? One of the reasons why we dream, and it's important for me to emphasize that, most importantly, is the revelation of God's will. Very important for you to understand. One of the major reasons why we dream or dreams come to us is the revelation of God's will. God hews or hums or brings a covenant to Abraham through a dream. He builds a covenant with Solomon through a dream. In Daniel, the second chapter, the 19th verse, if you read from the Amplified Version, the Bible says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. The secret was revealed to Daniel in the vision of the night. He was sleeping, and God impressed something on him. So God reveals his will to us through dreams. Secondly also, there is a place also In the office of the prophetic, and we need to emphasize this too, that there is a provision in the office of the prophetic that multiplies the dream world for those which are called in the office of the prophet. So every man in the world was called to dream and receive information through the dream world. Albeit when somebody is walking in the prophetic, some prophetic officers are more advantaged in the realm of dreams because they receive information not only for themselves, but for others and for nations. In Numbers 12, the sixth verse, the Bible says, And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, he says, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak to him in a dream. You see that? So we're not saying that only prophets have dreams. But we're saying that the dream world is one of the places that is accessible for them which sit in the prophetic office to father, shine, and star, or use or take advantage of the gift God has placed on their life. Shout amen. However, because that's a place that God uses, it's also a place that Satan has taken advantage of to use. And some dreams, I call them, are dreams of wind. They are vanity. They are nothing. They have no consequence, no result in the spirit realm. Not everything you dream comes from God. Sometimes Satan will transact vanities with us. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, the third verse, that for a dream cometh through the multitude of business and a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. Sometimes when you are engaged in so much during the day, certain events can be carried on to you in a dream world and not all of those events that come to you in your dream world because they were engaging you during the day are necessarily instruction. It takes the grace and discernment of the spirit to know the difference, but certain dreams were not meant to mean anything. That is why later on in the same chapter, the seventh verse, he says, for in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also diverse vanities. they are useless words and communications that sometimes can come to us. So not every dream is useful, but some dreams are useful. You see that? Now, if we go deep here, we also have dreams especially to people who have not yet understood how God works, especially, I mean, even some who are born again have gone through this. But we also have experiences where Satan has sent dreams to oppress people. To oppress people, you remember the story of Job and how he um, is afflicted by the devil after God has boasted over him. And he lost his children, he lost his animals. He's afflicted in his body and he has boils over him. His wife tells him, cast God and die. But in all these things, Job did not sin. And at one point in the 7th chapter, the 13th verse, we see it's more than just the affliction of his body and the death of his children and the animal. Job in the 7th chapter, 13th verse says, When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint, then thou scarest me with dreams and terrifies me through visions, so that my soul chooseth strangling and death rather than my life. So when he says you bring terrifying dreams and visions to me that scare me, it doesn't mean that God is the one who brings those dreams, but He has let the devil send those dreams. Remember, in the Hebrew language, we have a challenge with a permissible and causative clauses that in many instances where God has allowed certain things to happen, in the Hebrew usually it's sometimes spoken as though God has caused those things himself. But remember, he has told Satan, have him do all you want with him, but spare his person. So Satan used to send scary and terrifying dreams to torment the man that he got to a point where he would wake up and want to commit suicide and love death rather than life. And now the more dangerous action and activity by the devil in the spirit realm. We have also had places where there has been demonic influence or activity upon certain individuals to either misguide them individually or misguide and destroy others through dreams. That's a harder one. So demonic influence is exerted on unstable people, people who have not yet known the way of God. He says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. So when the ways of God are not revealed to certain individuals, Satan takes advantage to influence them. He brings particular visions, and those visions sort of work through these people either to misguide them individually to go off the course of God, or misguide others and destroy the lives of others through the world of dreams. Zechariah, the 10th chapter, the second verse says, for the idols have spoken vanity and the diviners have seen a lie and have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, they went their way as a flock. They were troubled because there was no shepherd. You see that? The idols have spoken vanity and the diviners have spoken lies and they've told false dreams. It doesn't mean that they are lying about What they dreamt, it only means that Satan ministers falsehood to them in the realm of dreams and they think that it is a vision of God. They bring that message to the church, they bring that message to individuals, and then these individuals act on that message as though the Lord has spoken and their lives are destroyed. Or they themselves, the individuals, receive these personal messages, and because of that, they are misguided and misled. That is a very heavy topic for me to discuss if I started talking about it right now, because I know how many people have been misguided or are misguiding others in the realm of dreams because they received dreams from Satan and they appeared to be a lie. They appeared to be a lie. I know people who have held on to a dream. I dreamt that this person is my wife even when they're not their wives. And Satan sowed a seed in them. I promise God showed me an angel appeared. And then they confuse themselves and destroy many lives. This is my husband. This is the job I'm supposed to have even when God has not spoken. And I'll explain why, because many of them don't know how to interpret dreams. Later on, I will show you where such people are. I've seen people who have dissuaded men out of the right relationships. God tells me that's not your husband. And she says, okay, so if the Lord says so, that's it. Again, God has given certain people authority over the others, power over men. And then out of that, they say, I dreamt it, I swear I saw it. And then they go out of the right wheel of God and then marry another individual and then suffering death and destruction. And you're like, but God spoke that the other one wasn't. So if this was the one, how come they were destroyed? Because they think that everything they see is from God. It even God's father. Even a man's soul has been corrupted to a place where even his dream is so inclined to the spirit of lust in jude 1 he calls them filthy dreamers he says in the amplified nevertheless in like manner these dreamers also corrupt the body scorn and reject authority and government and revile and liable and scoff at heavenly glories the glorious ones They get visions and start speaking evil about men of God. They get silly visions and start speaking about the prophets and ministers of Almighty God. They get foolish visions and they start speaking about their own sisters and brothers in ministries. Oh, I had a vision and the man of God was putting on like a witch doctor and then they take it on. Oh, I dreamt it, it is true. That man goes underwater. Why? Because that's what I dreamt. it. Because they think that because they dreamt, therefore God trusts their place of hearing enough and their conscience is aligned enough to judge who is a man of God and who isn't. And then we start having trouble in church. They tell the other and then they tell a friend to tell a friend. Then you have two little three, four, five people in your ministry. They also have their own ministry within your ministry and they have a vision of you. Are you hearing me? But the ones which are having visions of that speck in their eye, they're full of logs. They cannot see anything in their destiny. They have failed in their marriages. They have failed in their careers. They have failed in their business. They have failed in ministry. They have failed everywhere. But they see who is wrong, who is not a man of God, who they dreamt is chasing them. And some of you, you must be able to know when God is speaking or when God is not speaking. Years ago, a guy came to me, and then he told me of a very reputable teacher of the word, very reputable teacher of the word in the world, and I respect the teacher. And then he says, you know, i got a vision, and this man of God has come and is strangling my wife because she's a prophetess and is saying, you know you prophetic voices, you're standing in our way. And then after that, he says also he started having dreams about this man of God, strangling them, attacking them, and then him and his wife started to build a doctrine around how the devil, the spirit from hell is walking through ministers, and it is attacking the call on our lives. And, you know, he exalted his wife to a place where she hears God beyond anyone. And so it is the reason why the spirit of this man is attacking his wife. And so he comes and tells me. And out of understanding, because I understand the guiding lights of the spirit, I told him, look, there are people in this world by what God can reveal through them, listen, never forget this, by what God can reveal through them, you would be so ignorant of God to assume them dark, I told him. I said, if you can assume that Satan can teach to that level of revelation, like the man of God you're talking about, And you can come to me and tell me that that man is doing witchcraft. Then Satan is stronger than the Bible says. So I told him that's a dream from hell. It's a vision from hell to destroy your ministry. He disconnected from me. The last I had, he lost everything. 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 He lost everything. He lost everything. Everything, him and his wife. Their names were robbed from any place of influence in the gospel. Their names were robbed from any responsibility in the kingdom, as far as I know. And if it doesn't come to repentance, I don't think that that man has any journey in the gospel because he's growing older every day and nothing is moving in his life. Why? He was ignorant of the other things concerning dream interpretation. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to understand that demons as well use that. So we have had people in the ministries who reject authority and the governments and the anointings that God has appointed himself and revile and libel and scoff at heavenly glories and the glorious ones in the name of visions of dreams. So... There is a challenge in the church. I can never emphasize that enough, but there's a huge challenge in the church to help certain people. There are people who are stuck because they stick on what they think is true and they have no voice mature enough to help them check it. I always tell people, it doesn't matter how much you claim to hear God, if you don't have the results of a person who hears God, examine yourself. Because the people who claim to hear God, but when you look at their lives, if they really had God, if they really had God, they would not be where they are. They're even blind from their own state. They're even blind from their own state. They are men of God I know. Even if I dreamt in a dream that they were dancing with the devil, I would wake up and laugh. Because I would know where that dream is coming from. The psalmist said even if I make my bed in hell. He said, even there you will be with me. There are people, even if you serve them in hell, God will be with them there. He can't leave them because of who they are to him. There are people, the way they have revealed God, you'd be so ignorant, so ignorant about who God is and what the devil is for you to assume that they belong to darkness. But it takes a certain understanding because some people cannot appreciate the way of revelation. They don't know how men dig. They don't know what it means for a man to seek the face of God and receive Rema. They don't understand how priceless the oracles of God are. They can never understand it. You cannot change them. But you observe their lives and you see the results of people that did not hear from God. Hallelujah. Now, when we go to interpretation, there's a fundamental point that I need to make before I give you principles of interpretation. One, most notable, certain dreams are direct and easily interpretable. Even in scripture, I'm going to show you references of dreams that are direct and easily interpretable. However, there are also dreams that require divine wisdom and skill, because they are so framed in metaphors and deep obscurity that you need a certain wisdom and understanding to interpret them. Now, with the dreams that are direct and easy, for example, in Genesis, the 37th chapter, remember the story of Joseph having a dream about his brethren and family. That was a very straight dream. If you go to the seventh verse, he has a dream. There were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, the Bible says... Uh, his sheaf arose and also upright, and behold, the rest of the sheaves of the brothers paid obeisance to his sheaf. That's straight. So obvious. His sheaf is up, and the rest of the sheaves of the brothers bow and pay obeisance to his sheaf. And that's why his brothers tell him, Hey, are you saying that you're going to rule over us? Because it was direct. That was common sense. It didn't need any further interpretation. Then he has a dream again, and then he sees 11 stars and uh, the sun and the moon, and they all made obeisance to him. And his father says, hey, hush, are you saying that me, your mother, and your brothers are going to bow to you and worship you? Are you going to be above us? That was so obvious, an interpretation. So certain dreams can come, and they're so obvious. They don't need so much wisdom. Even a person which is fallen can actually see and understand that these dreams are communicating something. However, like I said, some dreams, they are deep. They require certain wisdom. I'll give you examples. When we go at the dream of Pharaoh in Genesis 41, where the Bible says, and Pharaoh dreamed a dream, the seven fattened cows and the seven lean cows, and how the seven lean cows ate the seven fattened cows, that needed wisdom. It is not something that was easily interpretable because big and small, small, taking over and supplanting and eating the big, it could mean anything. What was coming in the world? Was it poverty? Was it sickness? Was it and drought? What was coming in the world? There was a place where the wisdom of God was necessary and that is how we see Joseph coming through with the wisdom of God to interpret the dreams that Pharaoh had. Another example is Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Daniel, the second chapter. It was like a sealed scroll. Why? Because he has dreamed a dream. And then he calls his astrologers, his magicians, his soothsayers, his false prophets, his astrologers, and the Chaldeans, and he tells them, you look, I had a dream last night. It troubled me. It has tormented me. My spirit feels restless, and I need somebody to interpret it for me. And then he calls them, and he doesn't remember it. And then he tells them, Whoever tells me that dream and interprets it, that's the one I shall count that has the understanding of these things. Unfortunately, none could go into the spirit realm to pick exactly what the king had dreamt. Now, that is prophetic. Because this man gets into the dream of the king and interprets everything as the king has dreamt it. Remember, the king had not told the dream for a man to interpret, he wanted the man to tell the dream he had forgotten, and then interpret it. That takes great wisdom. The story of Peter, when he has a dream in Acts 2, you remember, and he sees, you know, a sheet with four-legged animals, and they're coming down, kill and eat, kill and eat. The Bible says that it was not obvious and quick for Peter to interpret what God said, and so the scripture says he took time and thought on the vision he sought, he inquired, what does this mean? I need the wisdom of God to help me interpret what I have just dreamed or seen in a trance. Those are not things that are easy to interpret. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so that is why we have trouble, especially in the dreams that require skill, divine skill and wisdom in interpretation. That's where the real trouble comes because not many people interpret these dreams from the wisdom of God. Somebody shout amen. And so, I want to give you the principles, biblical principles of interpretation of dreams, and I am going to give you seven of them. Somebody shout hallelujah. Seven principles. Number one, all dream interpretation must come from God through the eyes of truth. All dream interpretation must come from God through the eyes of truth. In other words, you must be equipped with enough revelation concerning God's mind on life that everything that comes your way, you seek the eye and interpretation from God. The Bible says in Genesis 40 verse 8, when the king was looking for a man to interpret his dream, uh, Pharaoh, Joseph comes and says in the eighth verse, that and they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Don't interpretations of dreams belong to God? He says interpretation of dreams belong only to God. They're not in the way of fallen man and nature. We have Christians who are consulting people who are not even from a biblical perspective of thought or who can't even quote scriptures and they're interpreting dreams for them. Some of you have seen a few Indian men with clothes on their head, and they walk around places interpreting dreams. And then you find a Christian also saying, ah, this guy interprets dreams. And then he calls him and says, oh, I dreamt this, what do you see? How can you consult somebody who has no reference of truth? That's witchcraft. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when we're emphasizing Dream interpretation, one of the most fundamental principles, most importantly, is that interpretation is from God. So what happens when you have a dream and you do not understand it? Don't first ask an individual. Pray about it. Very important. Father, you have showed me a dream, but I know not the meaning of this dream. What do you mean? Many, many, many years ago in my campus, I had a very interesting dream. And this dream was concerning my assignment, not gifting assignment, not gifting mandate, my assignment and mandate in ministry. And so when I'd had this dream, I wake up and it was so profound that I did not have the meaning of that dream. But the weight of the things that I saw, even though I did not have the wisdom to interpret them, sort of intimated in my spirit that this, if well interpreted, is going to put me on the course for which God has called me to be. And so I put aside a time of prayer and fasting for a couple of days, and I did not get the answer. And I tell you, almost every day in my prayer, every night, I used to ask God, help me understand the thing you showed me. On the seventh month after that dream, God came in a vision and explained everything that he so to imply to my spirit concerning my assignment and mandate. If I had taken this dream to somebody who does not know God a certain way, I would have lost the instruction and message for my assignment and mandate in life. But thank God that I took time to know, I knew the scriptures already spoke that interpretation comes from God. So if there's something I don't understand, I take time to pray about it even before I seek the opinion of a man of God. It's important to seek the opinion of men of God. But have you prayed about it? Or did you just dream a dream and then tomorrow you ask, Apostle Grace, what do you think I dream? What is God telling you? The dream came to you. So it's important for us to always know interpretation comes from God and it's our responsibility to pray for God to take us in the spaces of interpretation. Number two, forgetting a dream does not take away its intended message, purpose and consequences. Forgetting a dream does not take away its message, its purpose and consequences. Some people think, oh, I forgot it. I think it's not important. You know, we have Christians who of that mindset. You know, I had a dream and the dream left and me, this is what I believe. So they say, if it was so important for me to remember it, God would keep it in my mind. But if my mind has not remembered it, therefore it's not important. It's not a message it's of no consequence or purpose. Let's go back to the story of Nebuchadnezzar. When Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, in Daniel chapter 2 the third verse the bible says the king said unto his men that have dreamt a dream and my spirit is troubled to know the dream and then the bible says then spoke the Chaldeans to the king in uh, Syriac o king live forever tell thy servants the dream and we will show thee the interpretation And the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, the thing is gone from me. This dream I cannot remember. But all I know is that it was speaking to me. Again, I need to emphasize this. Sometimes even dreams come because of the appointments we have in the spirit. Sometimes dreams come because of the appointments we have in the spirit. If you are an apostle to the nation, there are dreams that will come to you because you are an apostle in the nation." There are things that I have dreamt from an apostolic perspective and I know that this has not come to me simply because I have done ABC but because I'm an apostolic voice in my nation and I need to see this or do something about it. There are dreams that come to kings because they're kings. There are dreams that come to presidents because they're presidents. There are dreams that come to leaders because they are leaders. There are visions that come to men of God because of their positionings. Not only dreams, but visions too. If we remember the high priest Caiaphas, Caiaphas has a vision that one man must die for the rest of all. Not because he has a vision of exactly what that means in the salvation story, but the Bible says he prophesied that because he was the high priest that year. Certain offices come with certain visions and responsibilities. Even in your places at work, the people that you're over, sometimes God will give you visions and dreams of people that you're over simply because you're over them. If you were not in that office, God would not speak to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so the king said the dream has gone from me. Now imagine if Nebuchadnezzar had refused or ignored the dream because it has gone away from him and he does not remember anything. Do you know what that would mean? It would mean that he would have lost a very important message from God concerning his destiny and kingdom. Are we together? So... For those of you who have an experience of forgetting dreams, you need prayers. Good or bad, you should be awakened enough to design both worlds so you know what to do. If Satan is sending it, you see it enough to know what to do. If it is from God, you have a very clear communication, again, to know what to do. Even if it is vain, it's good for you to see it clearly and judge it as vain. Somebody shout hallelujah. Number three, our dreams are unique to our worlds and the things that we are familiar to. God wants to make you dream or receive information from the world that you are in and the things that you are familiar to. And why do I emphasize this point? Because many people generalize the interpretation of dreams, and that becomes dangerous. Let me explain what I mean. Let's go back to the story of Joseph. Joseph is a shepherd boy. You see? And because Joseph is a shepherd boy, God gives him a dream using familiar symbols. It tells him that these are sheaves. These are clusters of grain or corn or wheat. And your corn or wheat is standing up and the rest of your brothers are bowing. Why is he speaking to Joseph? about sheaves or wheat or grain because he's a shepherd boy. So God will speak to him according to the world that he is familiar to. Are you hearing me? It's very important. So you don't generalize that everyone who dreams sheaves, it means that God is speaking the message that he gave who? Joseph. If we go back to the story of Nebuchadnezzar, again, I'll continue giving the examples of this too because it's important. You remember the vision when now Daniel starts to interpret it? He says, you dreamt of a statue and it had the head of gold, the hands were of silver and then bronze or brass and then legs of iron and down was iron and clay. Now, remember, if you go back to the story of Nebuchadnezzar, we've had experiences where kings had statues built in their names, built in their image, isn't it? And so... God is giving a dream of the king Nebuchadnezzar to him, and he has to look for a symbol that quite connects with the king and his place. And it was for kings to have his statues; it was for kings to have molded images in their name. Remember a story of the king: if, "Let us build a monument in your name, and if any man does not bow to it, then they should be killed." You see. So God uses that same idea and says, oh no, the head is of gold, the hands are of silver, and then you have bros of brass. Some people call it brass, the bellies of brass, and the thighs. And then you have legs of iron, and then the feet are of iron and clay. God wants to communicate about the man's kingdom, and he's not far from the world he is familiar to. Why is this important? If I dream a car as a man of God, I know the difference from if an executive director in a company dreams of a car. For me, in my world, that car could mean the vehicle, the ministry that God has called me to. But for the executive director in the company, it does not mean that God is talking to them about their ministry. But sometimes people generalize that and say, uh-uh, if you dream about this, then this has to represent that. You see? And then you have teachers who are out there to explain to people what, and that's the most dangerous life. (laughs) Because you see, many people are staking their lives on other people's interpretations of their dreams. And then you ask, why didn't God give that person your dream? Why did it come to you? Why did it come to you if God did not know that you have the ability to interpret it? Interpretation is from him. If God sent it, then believe God to interpret it for you. Are you hearing me, somebody? So we are not supposed to generalize. God will always speak to you in familiar realms. So symbols, colors, names, and all these kinds of things, numbers, all of those are important, but God will always look for the world that you're in and bring the message to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Fourth principle. When a dream is repeated twice, the Bible says it signifies an establishment of that thing already in the spirit realm, either by God or the devil. Are we clear? So the Bible says in Genesis 41, the 32nd verse, it says, for the dream was double and to Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. So Satan does the same. If he has established something in your life, it will come twice because he copies God. Some of you, you're dreaming the same dream more than twice. It means in the spirit realm, that activity has been established. If it is of God, it's good. If it is of the devil, then I want you to understand it's not something that is to take place in the future. It has already taken place. You are in that that age, that period, that time, that event. Every time you're dreaming, you're going back to your school. Every time you're dreaming, you're going back to your school. Every time you're dreaming, the same dream, it keeps coming back. That thing has gone beyond the place of the seeking to plant a seed. It has already been established. There are dreams that come and they're not yet established. And so you are called to do something to refuse them from happening, to refuse events from happening. But if a dream comes twice, it means the attack, if it's from the devil, the attack has already been launched. If it's from God, the oracle has already been established and you need now to position yourself to walk in what God has established for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Number five, because dreams, especially from God, are revelational, they are not given to condemn but to redeem Stop the act of condemning men because you have dreamt about them. Stop the act of condemning yourself because you have dreamt about yourself because the redemptive power of God is in the glory of revelation. God reveals to redeem. So don't ever walk in a place of judging an individual because of what you have dreamt about them, because it's not just enough to judge a man best only on a dream. Remember, God sends these dreams, but also Satan sends them too. And it's pride for you to assume always that everything you receive, you're the only one who can only receive from God, and that Satan cannot plant a seed there in a vision. He can, but it takes great responsibility to search out the truth and reconcile it with other realities of truth for you to learn to what God is intending to communicate to you. The Bible says in Job 33 verses 14, and God speaketh once, yet twice, yet man perceiveth it not. He says in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men in slumberings upon the bed, listen to what it does. He openeth their ears, or the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction that he may, listen, withdraw man from his purpose, which is the wrong one, and hide pride from man. Verses 18, he keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. You see the work of God when he sends a dream? He is warning you to redeem you. When he shows something to you about an individual, he's warning you to help that person be redeemed, not to judge them, put them on guilt consciences and dispel them and excommunicate them and disconnect from them because you dreamt a dangerous dream about them. Why did it come to you? Do you think that God is done with them because you had a dangerous dream about them? No, he ain't done with them. And if you don't take the responsibility of why God entrusted you with that kind of wisdom, you could be judged for not knowing how to respond to divine instruction. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's the filth in the dreamer that Jude talks about. So instead of seeking to restore somebody, then you destroy them because you dreamt about them or you think them less because you dreamt about them. Are you firstly sure that it is God's vision? And what if it's the devil's vision? What's your place in the kingdom? Is your place to judge and condemn men? Does God reveal to destroy or he reveals to redeem? Answer me. Yes. So if dreams are a revelation of vehicle, then they are meant for the redemption of man and not destruction. Can we go further? Number six, when you are dreaming, consider the place of your heart in that time. The examination of your heart is very key in the times when you have particular dreams. Why? Because some people, again, when we go back to why certain dreams come to the place of diverse vanities, it is because sometimes the place of our hearts is already biased towards certain things or against or for certain things. And because our hearts are sometimes not right before God, we open our hearts for the devil to come and sow particular seeds in the realm of dream. And some of us, we could be destroyed. And what are some of these things that sometimes compromise our conviction of truth? Last, you meet a young lady during the day you have no purpose to it except that she looks beautiful and so you start a lusting for her. The state of your heart is a lusting for this young woman. So you go in a dream and Satan sows a seed and in the dream, you are before a cathedral. The priest is leading you through vows. And then you come out and say, Rabadoko, Shidalabade. Then he walks the young girl and tells her, you're my wife. You are my wife. Now, the girl he's telling... Got a proposal a month back. She has had a vision and God has spoken truly about her husband. God has spoken also to the husband about her. They are preparing to get married. And then this mad brother also has a vision of the same woman. And now as a pastor, it makes me laugh. Three or four guys come to you. And they're all telling you about the same girl. And they say, the Lord showed me. And sometimes because I'm a pastor, I hear these things and I start dying. And I'm like, now, really? What is this dear girl going to do? All these three chaps are sure they had God. Now, me, the pastor, I know that there are three. Individually, they think that they are one and they are the other one. And so I start dealing with obsessions. I start dealing with people. Hey, I know it. one time I had to help some girl off some young man oh my God. She told him, no, you're not my husband. God has showed me my husband. Please allow me to settle. He told her, you're rebelling against God. I'll send fire on you. Don't play with the will of God. The young girl says, no, but you see there are the lights of the spirit and everything has confirmed that you're not my husband. The guy says, you are joking. In fact, Tomorrow I want to pick you and we gonna look for your dress. Whether you want it or not, by fire, by force, you are my wife. So the girl comes running to the office, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> she starts crying, "Help me! This guy has refused to leave me. Why? He's sure. I call the number. Say, brother. Leave this girl now. Okay, Papa. <laughs> Ah, you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise this guy was taking it by fire, by force. The kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent taketh it by force. He started bringing all manner of violence to get his wife. She was his wife in the head. You see what I'm saying? The state of your heart. You are lasting, Because when you are last, you open your heart to other voices. It's important for you to not forget that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Maybe you're covetous. Your heart is covetous. And then you have a dream about something. And that thing aligns to your lusting, And then you conclude that God has spoken to you. That's why we're paying many prices in the church of Jesus Christ. Because our place in the heart is so corrupted. God, your heart, he says, for out of it are the issues of life. So if within your heart there's a corruption and confusion, then you're opening yourself to a realm of destruction and confusion. Somebody shout hallelujah. In every dream, especially concerning a great decision of your life, examine your heart first. God, is my heart true in this? Is my heart true in this? It's very important. Lastly, seven, the new testament church is not led by dreams the new testament church is led by the holy spirit for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god again i go back to emphasize never make a serious decision of your life basing entirely on a dream you need father confirmation because the ministry of the holy spirit is above any dream and the person of the holy spirit has guiding lights i have taught about that if you don't have that someone look for a someone called the guiding lights of the spirit let me give you an example i dreamt in a dream that this pastor is my pastor Why? Because I dreamt when I'm in church and he's teaching. And then somebody gets a book and he's pen and joins that church because he dreamt that the pastor is his pastor. Then after two months, he dreams another pastor and is in the church. Then he goes to another church and says, you know, I'm here. Why? Because for seven times I've been dreaming that you're my pastor. And then they wait until the devil realizes, hmm, I think they've sat here for a long time. Why should I throw them? Another church. Then another dream comes. Wah! And they say, ah, this time. I have dreamt my true woman of God. She lives here. So if it's not God telling me, why am I dreaming that I'm in their church? It could be true, it could be false. So, you ask me, how do I tell the difference? Simple. Build your decision best not only on the dream, but the other guiding lights of the spirit. Are you hearing me? For example, okay, God has told me that this person is my pastor. All right? Uh huh. Do they match the criterion given in scripture for a man of God? Do I know what the scripture speaks of who a man or a bishop or a pastor or a deacon is supposed to be and how or the criterion used to qualify one in the office of Jesus Christ? Let me go to Timothy and read it. This man that God has sent me to, is he husband to one wife? Is he blameless? Is he vigilant? Is he sober? Is he of a good behavior? Is he given to hospitality? Is he able to teach? Does he behold the doctrine of Christ in a pure conscience? Who is he submitted to? How does he account his life? So if I find problems in that, but I've dreamt that this is my man of God, then I have to pull back firstly and examine with the other realities of truth to really make sure that God has spoken to me about this minister. If it matches, then I go to the next guiding light. Does my conscience agree with that word? Because the truth, according to the word, what I've seen about this man is true. But now, my inner witness, does it bear witness does it agree with it? Do I have the peace of it or don't I have the peace of it? You have people saying, you know, I didn't want to come to this ministry. I did not have the peace in this ministry. But God kept giving me the dream and I said, okay, let me just go. If you don't have the peace, that's a guiding light. Wait until you have the peace. Circumstantial evidence is one of the guiding lights of the spirit. Do the circumstances that surround your life provide for your movement? Is God so dumb for you to be ordained today in a church this week and the next week God is telling you to go and submit to another man? One of the two was wrong. Either you shouldn't have been ordained in the first place or you're under another spirit. One of the two is right. Guiding lights of the spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. These things are key. Somebody comes, they find a married man or a woman, and they insist. I have a story of somebody. They walked to a man of God and told them, even if you're married, you're my husband. They walked away. So what are they say? That this man should divorce his wife, his wife should die. What are they saying? Like, God let all of this happen, and two people are joined together in matrimony, and you're sure that that is your husband? Was God so dumb to let it? No, it was his rebellion. And then you say, "Let's wait, ten years, twenty years, thirty years." And in the thirtieth year, they proposed to them also, and they are so marching down. And then you come to her, but sister, you said that the other one was your husband, and you're waiting. What happened? <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> Somebody shout, "Amen!" I can dream about something. But does I mean that because I've dreamt about it, that means I have to act over it according to the dream that I've received. I want to get other guiding lights of the Spirit. Have I received the prophetic word on this? Does the word of God agree with what I've seen? Does my inward witness agree with what I've seen? Are the provisions available, agreeable to what I've seen? Is the peace in my heart speaking because the way of God is peace? And many other things. Use other things. He speaks of that peace that should rule your hearts. You should never do something that your heart has no peace over because of pressure to seek to please people. Individuals are not God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now we have a challenge. And that challenge is with us ministers. We have positioned ourselves in the place where we're not giving people the Holy Spirit to minister to them their convictions but we're giving them our opinions about dreams. And you know what they want to hear? So when you're talking about dream interpretation, they want to get their pens and now start writing, now write. When you dream about a dog, it is Jezebel. Not in every aspect. The dog could also represent protection. Not every dog you dream is Jezebel. Oh, the dog. You remember the dogs? They lick the blood of Jezebel on the streets. And because they've licked the blood of Jezebel, so every dog that I dream is Jezebelic. Some of you have pets at home. They are your dogs. God is telling you your dog is getting a honey. And for you think, oh, Jezebel, fire. Not every dog is Jezebel. Somebody shout hallelujah. Not every dog is Jezebel. Oh, you know, I had a dream and I went to the toilet and things came out of me. And then some say, oh. There's something inside you. What are those things inside you? No, maybe God is telling this woman that she's being delivered. And then there's another one who has built a doctrine around what is inside you. You need prayer. We need to get some things out of you. So God has already finished. This guy has created a doctrine where the thing is still into to take it out. And if she believes it, then she imports what God removed and puts it back to allow a man to take out. <laughs> Oh, I dreamed that uh, they had fired me from my job. Not every firing means that there's a demon or a spirit. Let us pray, Apostle. How can this spirit take me away from my job? And then there are people who dream that very thing, and they say, Father, you can only call me out of darkness into light. You can only close a smaller door for a greater one. And they clap their hands, and there's another one weeping. And then you go to a man of God to pray for you, to keep you where God doesn't want you anymore. Because your eyes are so blind, you think that that job is the only way God can provide for you. Wisdom is profitable. Too direct. One time I saw a guy. (laughs) He was teaching about dream interpretation. A prophet. And he says, if you dream about a mango, mango, it means you are going somewhere. (laughs) I screamed fire. (laughs) Why? He's so mad. This is so crazy. So, what if I'm a mango farmer and I dream about my mangoes being bought? That's my world. I'm familiar to that eon. God is instructing me about that eon concerning my mangoes because I'm an agriculturalist. And then another person has dreamed a mango in another experience. Perhaps they're a juice Mecha. And then you're telling them, God is telling them that they're supposed to go somewhere. And perhaps I believe you're supposed to shift from that business and take it somewhere. And then they take it somewhere and start earning losses. But the prophet said, Trust the Holy Spirit to interpret for you. Use the guiding lights of the Spirit. Only submit it to an authority when you have allowed first the Spirit to minister to you. And if you cannot get that fully and you feel there is more, then seek spiritual authority to advise. But don't send every dream to the pastors. Oh, the last time I talked about dreams, oh my God, my inbox was full of a thousand Text messages, everyone telling me their dreams. I dreamt when a snake was chasing me. I tell them, chase it too. Oh, but you're taking it lightly. No, I'm not taking it lightly. Chase it too. A snake could mean deception in some areas. And a snake also could also mean witchcraft in some areas. And a snake could also mean delusion in some areas. It depends on where God is speaking to you from. But don't think that every snake you see must mean witchcraft. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Father, we thank you that with the words that have been spoken, you give us understanding and the right application and interpretation of your word. And I pray against every stronghold in our minds that has been planted by deception, every delusion in our souls that has been planted by our ignorance. And we pray that as we interpret the dreams as the messages that come from you, we know how to respond to them from a biblical approach, but also that whatever comes from the enemy or his vanity, we will know how to deal with according to truth, because we're not led by dreams, but by your spirit. And he remains with us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All you need to do is repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for me. and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. i born again. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. the make manifest